Hello and welcome to Orange is the New Cast, a podcast devoted to Netflix's Orange is the New Black television series. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me this week... Cecily! It's Cecily from, from True, True Blood. Blood. You boomerang back. You took a week off, came back. We had a scheduling conflict with Kelly from the Up Yours Downstairs podcast. Was it was entirely just, my fault. Was it a whole week already? I feel like I was just here two days ago. <laughs> Uh, it was entirely my fault, and I was just sitting around and crying about it, and you said, fine, I'll do the fucking podcast. I'm no Kelly. You're no Kelly. But Kelly is no Cecily either. <laughs> Tonight we're going to be talking about the seventh episode of this season two of Warriors of the New Black called, called Comic Sans. I changed my notes into uh, Comic Sans just for the occasion. You know, just because this is a podcast notes that no one's going to see doesn't mean you can just use Comic Sans. But I did. Directed by Andrew <laughs> McCarthy, written by Sarah Hess. What do you know about these folk? Andrew McCarthy. I know he, Andrew McCarthy. Yeah. Anakin he, boy. Right. He directed another episode. Was it the one that I did? I believe so. Because oh we my talked gosh. about all this like, 80s bullshit that he was responsible yeah. for. Okay. Um, and it was written by Sarah Hess, who has writing and directing credits on both Deadwood and House. But it looks like that's about it. Well, that's enough. That's pretty pretty strong resume. It's much stronger than what I got. Yeah, that works for me. Uh, she's written better shows than I've covered. Uh, <laughs> let's get right into the episode. We see V's gang, rolling her criminal enterprise, rolling them tobacco joints, getting schooled on supply and demand. These things, a single cigarette's going for a book of stamps, which they say at the time of, uh, of writing is $9. That's some expensive, some expensive this smokes. This is the most expensive cigarette ever. I believe so. Um, but you can't just go and buy these by the case. You know what? I'm so confused. How does a stamp scam work? So I think I'm, I I'm caught... I'm pretty sure a book of stamps doesn't cost $9. Yeah, it does. 48 cents a stamp, and there are approximately 30 stamps. I think the math works out. I don't want to do the math. I want to take them on the word for $9. They said the V has got guys on the outside that she gets these stamps to, and they sell them probably for half cost. Oh, and then $40.40 money... if you have a $30 or 30 stamp book. And that money comes back to her, I guess, in the commissary, which she is then able to use to buy influence. Tampons so you can sell more cigarettes? That's where I get confused. Well, but I'm saying that she <laughs> she she scavenges the tampons. And then doubles well, that she's, money. Yeah, she's, yeah that's, that's the gross thing that Cindy finds out about. This they is almost the, get busted. This is the the Black Cindy origin story. Mm -hmm. Except for we didn't really find out how she got arrested, right? Yes, we did not. I thought that that's where this was all leading up to. I think, I don't know, I think it's implied. Well, sure. I think we know everything we need to know. From the way she stole everything around her. that And the fact that, you know, uh, when she first was seen by an adult, not her mother, their first reaction was, damn, I thought you were in prison. And she said, you know, I'm too slick for that. Uh, that the, Those are words that are not a good combination to be said about you. Those are not a good trajectory in that life man, type of but words. But that man also got out of prison. That's what I'm saying. She hangs around. Also, it seems like... With the wrong sort. I don't know. It seems like being a black teenager in New York probably isn't the easiest thing to do to stay out of prison. No, I... Shit, are you kidding me? Just no. by being a black teenager in New York. And that's... I. It's, this is the... It's the, around this episode where I thought they got real. 
about yeah. life in prison and some of the really shitty aspects exactly. of it. Exactly. They started out showing us what a fun big sister Black Cindy was yeah. and like how funny she was, how cool she was to roll around with, what a great role model she could be, mm-hmm. up until the point where she ran into her friend. So we were talking yeah. about the episode. We should probably talk about the episode. So they're rolling the cigarettes. Um, Boo uh, is the lookout. She's found her little niche in this. Uh, she's the. Do you think she gets free cigarettes for that? Because I know V doesn't. You know. She gets something for it. I would only do it for free cigarettes. But she might also be like muscle because V doesn't have a lot of dependable muscle outside of Suzanne and Boo. Does like... she need it? I feel like someone like that doesn't really need the muscle. Maybe. Probably just weighs her down having Bees more people to muscle. Ha- you have to trust. Yeah, but you don't want to be doing that shit yourself, although I guess. Never never mind. Let's let's keep moving on. <laughs> okay. So the guard comes around and they just lightly you notice how lightly they set the box on they top. They have to. You don't want to crush all that shit. But you could. Why you, you, could. you kid? Why? You, you crush crush all those things you've been rolling, all those patties? I'm just saying, like, why are you doing it in the middle of the floor? Maybe do it in a discreet area, then you can set the box on top lightly. I don't know. It just seemed like a really poor way to hide the cigarettes and just assume that the guard would be super interested in what you were saying. They should have. I think too much about it. They should have slapped them all in the back of a cockroaches, flipped on a bright light. <clears throat> they all just scatter. There boom, you go. Boom, there you problem go. Problem solved. Uh, Caputo, in the next scene, is just asking for competence. He's not asking for heroes here. He just wants people to be able to keep the prisoners in jail. He's talking about Jimmy and her escapades at the bar last episode. He institutes a shot quota. Everyone has to write five shots a week. Except for Fisher, who has to write six. Because Caputo, just in case you forgot, with his whole keep the keep the girls uh, safe and uh, clean, he is still a dick. He is a very jealous man. Yes. And that's what she gets He's, for showing up with a boyfriend. And she should she deserves to be punished for not being interested in him. Indeed. He's what g- a whore. Indeed. I mean, come on. That's just inexcusable. You can't do that to your superior, to your boss. What the fuck? What an emotionally manipulative your... woman. Yeah, right? She's crazy. Uh, just so do- you know, we're joking. I don't know if we took it too far, but I want everyone to know we're joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is the spec. I have. It's, I feel like the scientist that speculated about the Higgs boson particle, boson whatever, and they they built a particle collider to find. I speculated there must be a I, white Cindy, and we made the discovery. White I Cindy exists. Totally know what you're talking about, but just in case people don't, you're probably gonna need to explain what the fuck you're saying. It's not what I do on Bald Move. I drop weird references, and there's like a one per city audience. It's like, ah, I see you, and the other people like to fuck. Was Aaron talking about? Okay, great. Anyway, Black Cindy gets a shot for being 45 seconds early. Right. <laughs> I love the fact that these girls make these really smart pop culture references. She's yeah. like, he's like, well, you only got 45 seconds. He goes, damn, what is this? The Minority Report? <laughs> <laughs> Black City's uh, got the best one-liners. Which which triggers, speaking of precog, it triggers her flashback to her working in her blue shirt days at the Department of Homeland Security at the airport just being, I mean, she's the worst. Like, that's the funny that this abuse of power triggers her own memory of her abuse of power because she's stealing shit out of people's bags. She's... Uh, sexually assaulting a very attractive, well-built black man mm-hmm. uh, just to get her hands up all on him. Yeah, she's stealing candy bars and water bottles and riding around the golf cart, which she, that's probably against the rules, too. She's just lording it over people. Oh, yeah. Um, so we get that's kind of her introduction. 
Larry, we find out is in a weird, this is a meeting with Piper and the journalist. And uh, he's saying, if, you know, Larry's not really working with me. Piper is afraid to work with him because she's still counting on his furlough and she doesn't want to be going around all, I forget what's, did she say? Nancy Drew. Oh, Harriet the Spy. Harriet the Spy. Yep. Cyclopedia Brown. Oh, I love that. The Hardy Boys. One of those, one of those references. Mm-hmm. So we finally find out a more accurate figure of numbers of money <laughs> that Fig has been stealing. Two million over two million, 10 years. That's a lot of yeah, skrill. Two million dollars gone off the books. 200,000 of it was recently allocated to the gym that was never built. Right. The re remodeled. Mm-hmm. So that's a double dip scam. You get the money to build the gym, and then you get the money to remodel it. Pretty um, brilliant. I felt like maybe I don't know how much money it costs to run a campaign, but I just felt like $2 million was low. How, for how long has it been? 10 years? 15 years? Uh, it's. I think, I think it's I, been 10 years. I think was, they said it was like 2004, 2005, the last time they can remember real maintenance being done. So, yeah, to me, this seems like a decade that Fig has been doing this so yeah i mean that just that number just seemed low to uh just you really think two million dollars out of a prison is 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 a low money to embezzle over the course of 10 years to me i was no, i feel like that's pretty audacious seems, i mean she seems to be taking more and more in greater increments yeah and like i said to run a campaign for senator it just seems like an expensive thing to do she sure. seems to be the main in new york the main sponsor of the thing yeah yeah i don't know yeah, I don't like, know. I'm the, not the saying that two million dollars is a low number, but I don't know. I thought it was going to be higher, but I think it's funny that we start covering this or we start getting really into the nitty gritty of prison corruption during the the weekend after John Oliver on his HBO last week on just dropped a fucking bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't seen, it, I'll link it in the show notes. He goes on a, a, an essentially 18 minute rant about how fucked up our prison system is how one in every one out of 100 american adults are in prison uh and we have a higher prison population not per capita just a higher prison population period than anyone in the world including china who has a billion people to our 300 some thousand it and and the the journalist calls uh this prison industrial complex the greatest stain on America's conscience since slavery. Also read a book last year that states there are more African American men in the prison system than there are slaves than, than there, there were ever were slaves. Slaves in the height of the North Atlantic slave trade. That is fucking insane. It is. And it's all because of a 40-year-old failed war on drugs. There's eight times more people in prison now than were in 1970s. Yet we're living in the safest times, uh, the the least amount of violent crime in America right now. Yes, our prison system is the worst, and we will find out more and more about this as we go in the episode. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about Gloria's getting a haircut from Sophia. The Fauxhawk. She recommends a Fauxhawk for She's the. She's trying I don't... to talk her into a Rihanna. That's what I want to do when the I Riri. cut my hair short. Yeah. Uh, to, I, I like her point because uh, Sophia says that's that gives you the don't fuck with me vibe. And she goes, yeah, I use my face for that. And she's making the face, too. She's kind of always has resting don't fuck with me vibe face. <laughs> There's nothing about that face that rests. That's an aggressive don't. <laughs> that's an aggressive bitch face. Yeah, it is. Um, I So who stops by? Is it Nikki or is it? No, Boo. it's uh, 
It's the old. Oh, it's the old lady. It's I know. The old lady. I, I wrote down her name. Sariki, that killed, killed somebody with an axe. Zucchini. <laughs> yeah, she she uh, killed killed some dude with an axe, mm-hmm. and I wrote her name down. Oh, it's Tass- oh Tasslets. 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 We got it. She says that they got violets for her in the greenhouse, mm-hmm. and uh, she needs to come and check Sophie that out. And Sophia's like, mm-hmm. and then we go to the girls' bathroom where Nikki meets Tacy, and they're smoking in the girls' room. Introduces the Litchfield lighter, which <laughs> is does. brilliant. And how they're selling smokes through tampons. All very, very smart ideas. Some MacGyver shit going yeah, on here. V's no dummy. No one says she's a dummy. She's just a terrible human being. We have to get a battery and a gum wrapper and try to do that. I think that's a great idea. I fully support that. I like to set things on right fire. Now. We should just start fires on the podcast live. <laughs> in in Jim's apartment, yes. Because <laughs> he's gone for the he, week. He's gone, so there's nobody to stop <laughs> us. We know he's not listening. He just told me he doesn't have renter's insurance. This is not a bad idea. <laughs> this is in no way a terrible idea. Nope. Uh, I love the scene where we go out in the red and she's in her gar- greenhouse and the ladies are debating the merits of ratatouille. <laughs> yeah, that's so It's like, I don't care what the food critics said. They're not going to let a rat open up the kitchen. <laughs> she's Fair like, point. you don't have a heart. <laughs> this, I never saw that movie. This rat had a very high standard of cleanliness, to be fair. Hey, Aaron. Yes. Have you ever kissed a six-foot-tall white Natural born woman. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> it's an amazing experience. I recommend it to everyone. <laughs> Red gives her some uh, estrogen pills. Yeah. What well, was that? No, it yeah, was. That's what it was. What? Yeah, she gave her estrogen pills in the pots. Really? Estrogen pills. I'm pretty sure it was hair care products. Well, maybe there were some of that too. Okay. Well, but I mean, she's sneaking in her pills for it and some gummy worms for this. Yes, for this the hair. Red hair. That's I thought it was uh, hormone pills too, but when I looked the second time through, it looked like it was just hair care products. Because I thought the one of the big major plot points last year was her winning the fight to get her necessary hormone treatments. I don't know. She won the fight. It's been a while since I've seen it's that one. It's been at least a year. <laughs> Uh, but this is a very slick setup, and we see we have a little montage of everyone using the illicit gains throughout the prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a question: Does the blowing smoke through the fabric sheet filled tube does that actually work? I've never illicitly smoked in my life. I was a very good kid I think until it I got does. late in my years, and I've never had the cause to hide any kind of vapor that I've been exhaling from my mouth. I'll tell you what. I think you had I've a different experience growing up. Tried it. Uh-huh. I didn't inhale, but I've tried blowing not cigarette smoke, but other kinds of smoke out of that too. Other vapors. Yeah. And it works. Huh. Cigarette smoke is a lot stronger and heavier. But if you're smoking Than the clove cigarettes that right. you've been experimenting with. If you're smoking a light cigarette and one through the tube in that little gated room she was standing in with mm. a lot of Air filtration because she's in the laundry room. Mm-hmm. That particular instance, I believe, works. Yeah. Okay. I think blowing smoke down a drain in the in the shower does not work. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. I think smoke would rise. Plus, that'd just be nasty. Yeah. Getting your lips down there to blow and smoke. And she down in those the drains? black girl shower because it's got to smell so. like shit down in there. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Uh, tasty. I thought I got a big kick out of her trying to sell to Rosa, the cancer patient. She's <laughs> yeah. like, you gotta you be kidding, kidding me. me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Santa comes into the kitchen, which of course is Bennett and his uh, peg leg smuggling operation. And uh, he got uh, he did get Flaca a iPod, his iPod, his iPod that she can have for three days. <laughs> uh, he didn't get Flores a cell phone. And uh, Gloria says, "Be real. 
she suggests that she wants porn, uh, and everyone wants porn. Flacca wants gay porn because, you know, you don't have to worry about women being oppressed or She said exploited. just guys. Yes. So is that like a playgirl? No, I think she they, they talk I think they're talking gay porn. I didn't think so. Okay, it could be Playboy. Like a playgirl, right? I mean, you could be right, but I mean that thought didn't occur to me until you just said it now. I assumed that it was a difference between Playboy and Playgirl. I've heard some women say that gay they find gay porn hot. And I assume it's for the same reason that men find lesbian porn hot, because it's like twice the sex appeal. Twice the thing you're into? Yeah. You know I, I'm not really that into lesbian porn, so I, I wouldn't be able to say you know what, Aaron? What? Two wrongs don't make a right. <laughs> but two dongs. <laughs> make a left. <laughs> um, so And his iPod is all full of fleet boxes and shit. I don't even know what the hell that is. It's a band. It's well, another, sure. It's a really um, out there indie band, just like the Smiths. Are you saying Bennett has decent musical taste or surprising musical taste? Not to Flocka. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving on to the kitchen where Sosa's having a very annoying conversation about how she can't eat meat and the prison food's terrible and the agriculture industrial complex, which Pussy, Pussy comes in and says, uh, bitch, this is the prison in a uh, business complex. When a cow breaks me out, I'll stop eating meat that day. <laughs> and, very entertaining. Uh, and Daya asked to help with the newsletter, which yep. I thought was cute. Daya and Flacca. 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 Yeah, it was cute. Um, this is what I was talking about the last podcast we did together, uh-huh. where it seems like you need everyone in the cafeteria that day. They're doing, you know, a cut of this person talking to this person. Pousse comes up and has something to say about this. Or is everyone just doing the cafeteria scenes all in one day? I I bet that's the that way looks, they do it. Yeah. That they have. But I think it's nice. And you don't waste the fact that everyone's there. Everyone has something to say. Right on. Uh, there's a couple, there's something about Catholic priests being allowed to be married in Africa because being abstinence is too hard for them. That, I don't know if that's true because Rosa said it in a way that it might just be like some bullshit she's heard. Um, and, uh, this, the nun in jail, I can't remember her name, the sister, the ex nun, the former nun, she didn't dispute it, but she didn't really get into it. She's like, Mm -hmm. I'll take your word for it. I meant to research that and I plumb forgot. So... That we... seems terrible on the face of it. That seems very. Oh, that seems racist for the Catholic institution to say that African men can't be celibate because it's too hard for them. That seems racist as hell. Yeah. But I'm not going to get outraged by it because I just don't know. I've already got enough outraged by the whole no condom policy <laughs> in a country as AIDS or in a continent as AIDS stricken as Africa. Ooh. Uh, we should probably move on. Speak. Let's bring it back up. Hey, none gets a shot for stealing Steals cornbread out of the cafeteria. Blood sugar thing. We went through this lab. Come on, Fisher. And Fisher's like, don't hate me. No, I we I've, hate you. I mean, Fisher, it'd be easier to not hate you if you chose an easier target. Yeah, like a girl who's always acting out. Write her a shot for no reason. Yeah, but you pick the one woman who's never gotten a shot ever. Yeah, that just seems in poor taste. Mm. Didn't like it. Not a good look for you, Fisher. And then Jimmy's sucking on some ribs, and she thinks Piper is Roberta. Is Roberta her uh, Swedish daughter? Was it Swedish? I don't know. Where did she say she was? But Sweden. anyway, uh, that would make sense with Piper's overall Nordic look. Why? So they just made it seem like Piper was doing that out of the kindness of her heart, just helping her cut up her meat because she's trying to do this whole not self-centered 
absorb things? No, you couldn't tell, but, you know, with the other hand she wasn't using, she was writing about how how much she was suffering from the injustice of this poor woman not being able to eat her own food. (laughs) That's the part they left out. Well, I thought she was going to hit her up for some inside prison information. Like, what the hell is Jimmy going to know? But no, it just seemed like there is kind of a she's sweet just being scene a not selfish, awful person. I love her whole thing about my husband plays the bass now, <laughs> and he's got a disgusting mustache. Aww, I wish at the end of this, or at some point in this episode, they had shown us like a picture she had taped in her bunk of her old husband. You know, looking dapper as shit. Yeah, kind you know of how those looking like do. Caputo. And a daughter that kind of looks like Piper. Wouldn't that have been cute? That would have been cute. It would have given a lot more. I mean, this it was pretty weighty already by the end, but it would have given us a lot more. Like, I would have had actual tears streaming down yeah, my they face. Yeah, were, they were just brimming. Yeah. Your eyes were brimming. Yeah. Uh, we have another scene of Black Cindy just lording it over her fellow inmates, trading these uh, tubes, these vagina tubes full of cigarettes for vagina various savers. Vagina say the word tampon. Tampon. Okay. I can say it as did. I just want to make sure. Couldn't couldn't think of it at the time. Say menstruation. Menstruation. (laughs) You can't squick me. I don't give a shit. All right, just making sure. Um. Anyway, we have a flashback of her bringing her quote unquote sister Monica an iPad for the birthday, and she says she's going to take her out for a day trip. Which she didn't even take the pictures off the iPad. Didn't why? I mean, first of all, security wipe. Second of all, at least take the pictures of the nice Asian family you stole this iPad off from. Yeah out of there because that's just a dead giveaway uh so that scene seems like it's going to go no place good and also bubblegum ice cream is fucking disgusting of course it is it's like it ranks up there with superman ice cream i think superman is kind of a type of bubblegum ice cream well superman had really bad taste well that's kids for you uh dia flacca and morello uh volunteered for newsletter uh duty uh morello wants to write a beauty column actually that's Piper's idea, and she really shines through it. She's so cute about she's it, too. So cute. She's so cute. I mean, she's a crazy, crazy woman. But she knows her beauty. Yes, she does, and she's very cute. Uh, moving on, Pusey just sees right through V. Uh, Nikki's trying to give her advice. She's like, you know, when you're lesbians in high school and you got that female friend that you're just crazy into, and then she falls for a boy, and you hate that guy. Because you're really in love with her. And Pusey says, no, no, that's not what it is. And she continues her story and said, look, uh, if you hate on her boyfriend, you're just going to drive her away. You need to bond some way with that boyfriend. And obviously this is a parallel between V, the V, Pusey, tasty triangle going on here. Yes. Any comments? No. There's not really at the comment there. There's Sorry. Not. I hung you I mean, out the drive. That's kind of how Aaron and I got together. Is he watched The Godfather 10 times? Or was that just coincidence? <laughs> I've watched it at least 10 times. Our first date, he watched The Godfather 10 times in a row, and I was like, I get it. That's not true. I believe we played Super it Mario Brothers. It was only nine times. What did we? Yeah. Aww. I know we did. Then we ate Italian food off of each other. That was the first date. This is disgusting. We need to move on. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, let's see here. Oh, Bennett sends Ramos to the shoe. Bennett gets scary. Because Ramos is all... You Reinforcing be- the whole rape idea when he starts yelling at the girls and wielding his power. No, it... it uh, Nina and I talked last episode about how it all seemed very cute with Daya and mm-hmm, Bennett. I remember that. And, you know, you start to get the, th- the idea that, no, there's reason the, the whole guards shouldn't have sex with prisoners thing is there for a reason. We're starting to see why. Right. And they put an exclamation point 
uh, on it by the end of this episode. Yeah, you can't tell a prisoner of the state that they have agency. Right. Because they don't. They, it's the There's the appearance of it. Yeah. Um. Anyway... He, they, they, she, he snapped over them, threatening to t- uh, tell Caputo the truth about Daya uh, if he wouldn't smuggle the gay porn and all that shit for him. I don't, were they teased? That seemed like a bad thing to tease a man about. Because him snapping seemed inevitable, because what's he going to do? Right. I think that the girl should have backed down mm-hmm. sooner. But that's the thing. I was like, I can't con- condone, condemn anything here because it's an awful situation no, that Bennett created exactly. himself. Oh, yeah. He did exactly what he had to do in order to regain control of the prisoners. Yes. But that doesn't undo what he's done. No, indeed. Uh, Caputo calls Piper in his office and says he thinks the newspaper is a great way to get administrators' point of view out. Uh, He uh, pitches the guards their people to concept to her, which (laughs) I thought was hilarious. And... In Soviet Russia, administration is just like us. <laughs> I like his throwaway line about, hey, I might be related to Mussolini on, the, on my mother's side. Like, like how? I it. How? It's like these, anytime your company is just shitty and they don't know what they're doing, but they try to de- decide to attack the morale problem by doing morale boosting ever- exercises and it just crushes your soul further. Yeah. You can't explain a, fi- a, a shot quota away with the fact that you got a turtle for a pet, man. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of the human condition. But what are you going to do? I don't know. He needs to keep the trains running on, on time. He's got turtles and plants and, and a base. He's just a simple guy. Polly comes over to Larry's house, slaps him in the face, uh, does this word diarrhea thing where she's talking about all the milk toast shitty things about him, including you're funny but boring in all the right ways, and then just wants him to fuck her. She's the kind of... She's got block, blocked milk ducks. She's the kind of person that I imagine is your typical New Yorker. Really? I hope no one from New York is listening. I guarantee it's, they're our third largest audience. Well, <laughs> here's what I've got to say about you people, okay? <laughs> With your blocked milk ducks. It's all, you know, Woody Allen neuroticism and, like, kitschy foods that nobody else eats because why and... You're talking about people live... You're talking about a specific segment of, like, Brooklyn. Because right, that's the other thing... That's fine, but I've, I'm just I've... saying whenever someone plays New Yorker, that's yeah. what you get. I guess I it's I got. I've seen this woman. This exact actress uh-huh. was in Louie. Did you see those episodes? Certainly. She oh, was yeah. in, uh-huh. I think, two. Yep. That were pretty far apart. Oh, she was the spank me daddy. Yes. Holy shit! Had she had a different look. Go buy her blueberries, and then she's crying, uh-huh. and then she takes her. She takes him to IKEA with her. Oh yeah. Right. And it was just a fucking mess. But that's right. how that's the character she is, and she's got a job as an actress. I mean, you go into New York, you can just grab anyone and get that character. Hmm. That's what the media is telling me. I got a couple anyway. good friends that live in New York, and one thing I've appreciated is that New York is like five cities all smashed up each other's ass. Yeah. So it's like it's hard to generalize. A lot of this shit coming out of Hollywood mm-hmm. and television mm-hmm. kind of is glamorizing one specific – or glamorizing or lampooning one specific type of New York experience. Yeah. But I don't know. It's uh, it scares me as a as a country boy. I want no part of it. New York. Oh yeah. 
Have you been to Times Square? It's scary. Um, it is, not I, I, as an adult. I haven't been there since I was like five years old. Oh, there you go. You should. It's it's terrifying. I'm, the big I'm city. good, actually. <laughs> if that's what you have to offer me, what I see on TV, then no, thank you. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about explaining the internet to old people that have been in jail for like 40 years. It's all there in the wires, Aaron. All the information is in the wires, but people are still stupid, right? Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. In fact, don't you worry, stupider than they were before. Because, but because they think they're smart, mm-hmm. because they're able to congregate with other people that think just like them, and everyone's got the world figured out in their own little circle of the world. It's that's what the internet is. Uh, this is the scene where Red finds out about the black girl's cigarette business through Big Boo. Seems like a bad idea for her to be running her lips that way. I don't know. I, I worry about my favorite uh, diesel dyke. Uh, we wow. found out Tazlitz killed a guy with an axe. And uh, they kind of talk about her being muscle. First hint you that there might guy, be... you Violent crimes, isn't that maximum security prison? But I feel like that maybe they got transferred to Litchfield when they got older because, you know, for good behavior. Because that, that absolutely happens. You can get transferred to minimum security for good behavior as well. Do you call it compassionate downgrading? The compassionate downgrading. Uh, but it's the first glimmer that maybe, maybe these golden girls are a little bit a little bit sterner stuff than, than we imagined from first meeting them. They're not just all about crochet. Well, before the arthritis set in. Before the arthritis, sure. They were at hatchet-wielding maniacs. <laughs> uh, I love the first scene of the newsletter committee where uh, Piper just re- in- reflexively puts her and Morello in charge, and Flock is like, oh, I get it, the two white girls. She's like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. That's what I did. <laughs> I like how they addressed it, too. Yeah, right. Yeah, I see that. My privilege was showing. Let me tuck it back <laughs> in my pants. Uh, what do you think about the Healy Walrus comic? We paused it, and the comic wasn't really that funny, but it was well drawn. I feel like it's not being funny made it funny, right? And and he, the Healy like, Walrus was top notch, right? Daya's got this great, uh, I don't know, I want to say sense of humor, sense of situational irony, I guess, right? But it doesn't really translate into humor. No, it's it's very non sequitur. Which I think yeah. made it very funny. Yeah, it was cute too. And it's almost like all the fish he was laying on. It was intentionally, unintentionally, intentionally funny. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, they get in a big fight about could care less and colloquial uh, senses of of words, which I'm very sympathetic to because I butcher words and I I prize um, being understand, uh, being understood, and personality. <laughs> I be yeah, being understandable. <laughs> And my personality to shine through my written communication more than I do uh, Webster being fellated. You know, so the funny. man's been dead for hundreds of years. Let's let's move on. What about Miriam? Uh, Miriam's a whore. <laughs> let me tell you that. All right, that's fair. So you should I'm not see gonna what let she... a whore tell me how to spell. <laughs> God <laughs> damn it, right. this is America. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Flock is going to write an advice column, which is amazing. I also like how they weaved in um, because I don't. I don't know these uh, Wanda. I don't know the last name, but Wanda, the kind of bulldog looking the CEO. CEO. The other woman, CEO. She she's been assigned to follow Jimmy to find out all her tricks. And Jimmy comes in kind of all urgent. It's like there's there's someone follow I'm being followed by the Irish. Which I thought was pretty funny. The Irish. What's her backstory? 
Uh, Jimmy? Yeah. Who the hell knows? Why She's would the Irish multicultural? Be her? Well, what's her head cannon? They Tell got me. it in for the Swedes. Make it up. The I no, the Irish and Swedes have been mortal enemies for years and years and years. <sighs> and I'm assuming that Sarah's probably I or wait, um. Wanda's probably Irish because she's dating Jimmy, and Jimmy is an O'Neill. Or wait, no, she's dating O'Neill, mm-hmm. and Irish people have to date Irish people. It's the law. They both kind of had red hair too. They do have a little ginger spice going on, and there you go. The Swedes hate the Irish, and she's got this Irish secret agent uh, chasing her, and it's a bad deal for her. It's not good for her headspace. Hmm. Okay. Uh. So yeah, Flocker writes in a, a Vice column. Wish we could have seen more of that. We did we did uh, freeze frame that we'll get to a little bit later, later on yeah. and we got a lot of this newsletter to share with you. <laughs> Can't wait. It's pretty cute. Um let's see. Oh yes. White uh, Black Cindy shows up to V to square up with her and says, I don't got your money because I've been straight up barter system. Trading all them smokes. Like like the red men, and then she's horribly racially insensitive. But that's cool, it's prison. Um, this is where we still think Cindy is funny. Yeah, it hasn't gotten to the the uh, a very special episode of Orange is the New Black yet. And it's a very great time for Cindy to fuck up because Pousse is at her weakest. So when V sells her or throws her the box of smokes and she, and Tacy's got that uh, got that puppy dog look on her face, uh-huh. like yes, please play with me. Yeah, Pousse what? is all in. Yeah, so so Pusey's trying to take Nikki's words to heart here, I guess. Um, v pulls her off sales because if you fuck with her money, you fuck with her package, she's going to do that to you. And Sydney's like, I ain't scared of you. Which triggers out the Black Sydney flashback where we find out that she's hanging out with Monica. She runs into some of her old, her, some of her boys, and they go upstairs to smoke dope for 10, 20 minutes max, and she leaves Monica down there in the car. This is some scary shit. This, so is, assume... this is not something a mother should be doing. Right. Or a big sister, for that matter. Yeah. This is the kind of shit that Cindy's mom was worried about. From what we find out later, we assume that at some point, Monica is sitting in the car for so long that at some point she goes up there to find her, and then they stay until 1130, mm-hmm. midnight. Mm-hmm. How sad. Uh, so anyway, Wanda's uh, keeping tags on, on Jimmy. O'Neill comes in. And uh, says he's sorry for jerking around. She says, I'm of an age. Shit or get out the pot. And he says, give me another chance. I'm going to move in. I'm Bring gonna, the Vitamix. I'm going to bring the Vitamix, whatever the fuck that means. I've learned some new things about the female anatomy. Call back a few episodes where you learned mm-hmm. about the clit. He learned about a whole other hole because he thought there was only one. <laughs> they just fuck in this glassio aquarium, I'm assuming. Exactly. And Jimmy finds her hole as well. Yes, her little her little Jimmy hole that she scurries out of. Uh she I I feel like maybe she's a little bit more lucid than she lets on or it's just dumb luck that she she picked the time that the two CEOs were fucking in the fuck aquarium. I don't know, it seems like she's tripping on fuck. acid all the time. Like she's <laughs> she's seeing things going on, but she's imagining them as something else. Like she's seeing oh, what's her name? Jimmy? Wanda. Oh, she's Wa- seeing Wanda oh. watching her. Yeah. But she's what she thinks she's seeing is some Irish person. So she's watching out of the corner of eyes, and as soon as Wanda gets distracted, ah. she thinks some Irish person is distracted, and she's probably imagining that she's going to reunite with her husband. Yeah, she's crawling on the beach towards some sort of dock where she jumps off to see her husband. 
Anyway, things get real in the next scene because Daya jumps Bennett in their little love closet. And Shit gets real. He said, you know, you should have... She basically said, you should have thought about this before you decided you couldn't use a condom. Which, my God. I just assumed that maybe that broke or something happened. But that... Bennett is dumb as fucking hell. It takes too long. You're barebacking a prison when a prisoner where it's a felony to be fucking this girl. My God, and 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 then she makes this really uh, cogent point where um, she's like, you know, write me a shot. I just assaulted an officer. I just use use profanity. He's like, I'm not going to write you up. And he's like, you could if you wanted to because you have the power. I'm an inmate. I have nothing. Again, and, just hammering home the rape there. Yeah, it's and it's so it difficult really to watch. They're tearing apart this relationship that we all, as viewers, built up in our heads as being so cute. We did. We were complacent. And then they're tearing it down. It's just or complicit rather. We were both things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was our complacent complicity. But it, uh, it just again really gets real for us as viewers and, and for Bennett, uh, for that matter. Let's see, Fig's husband, they're in bed, and he's bitching about the elderly and how they always worry about their goddamn Medicare. Um, Look how much Jack Daniels they've drank. They're in a hotel, right? Yeah. They drink a lot of whiskey. I bet they live out of that hotel for days at a time. I don't know. Did you see We drink a lot of whiskey. We we don't drink that much with no ice. That's crazy. Yeah. That's probably why you can't have sex. Well, <laughs> the whiskey dick. It's not the it's not the Gavin boner that he's perpetually rocking. No. Um, but we see we start to see her her rationale, the highway of good intentions that leads to hell that she's driving down. That she's like, you know, it's relatively small potatoes about the details of the prison conditions, and you know maybe it started off with not given the prisoners Wheaties or whatever, or cutting a yoga class here and there. But she's wanting to get higher up reform. She's wanting to reform incarceration, reform sentencing, help her husband do these things, like big picture stuff. Right. But it's been 10 years and so many compromises have been made. This prison is like a fucking gulag now. But you kind of... It's an attempt to humanize her. I mean, we still, as an audience, I think, designed to hate her. But you kind of see it's this show is getting wire esque in how they're breaking down all this shit that goes into making prison a nightmare. Yeah, but uh, she's still pretty ratchet. No, she is, but she's also married to a uh, a gay a, a, polit- a political animal that doesn't respect her and is also a closeted gay man. Okay, That's nobody's though. picnic. <laughs> With shiny hair. <laughs> you are you talking about politicians? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, you get the Barney, uh, what's that guy's name? I want to say Barney Fight, but that's not it. Nah. The Massachusetts. <laughs> no, isn't he from Dick Van Dyke? <laughs> <laughs> Why's it got to be Dick just because it's a, just I said because Dick it's a homosexual Dyke. man? Dick, oh, right. Very, true enough. <laughs> true enough. What an ally. Uh, what an ally you are. Anyway. Larry's at home and Polly's uh, husband shows up with some Stone Brewery beers. One of your favorites, right? Indeed. I do like the, in fact, the uh, arrogant bastard gave the personal arrogance its name. A combination of the Pike Street Brewery that uh, used to have a personal picture of arrogance, a personal arrogance, if you will. That's how they got their name. A lot of ball move lore uh, in Stone Brewery. 
Interesting. We had a listener meetup when we were in San Diego at the Stone Brewery, and it was fucking awesome. Oh, I don't care because I wasn't there. <laughs> anyway. Larry can't open a jar. He's, he's, he's worse than a woman is what the show is trying to tell us, I think. No, it's not. You Bullshit. just said that, and it's really Bullsh- awful. They're showing the man struggling to open a jar. Jars are hard to open sometimes. He just needs to get a butter knife and tap around the edges. I'm just telling you, this show is trying to put Worse forth how feeble woman. he is. What is wrong with you? It's the show. Have you seen a single woman in that prison struggle to open a goddamn jar of anything? I haven't. I don't think they allow jars so because that's it's what a you're woman's gonna take prison. Away from this? It's a woman's prison. Everything has to be like easy. So so wouldn't op- struggle to open a jar. <laughs> Bullshit. She's so like open a jar she's got like those hippie calluses. I don't know why you're hating on me because it's the show showing a man struggling. No, no wait, not. listen, <laughs> listen. It's the show showing a man tr- struggling to open a jar as shorthand for he's effeminate. That's absolutely what they're doing okay. in the language of cinema. I did not get that. Oh, come on. I think that it's just showing that Larry is just a weak person. Yes. Why does it got to be effeminate? <sighs> Jesus. Now I feel terrible. You should. Look what you've done. You absolutely should feel <laughs> terrible. Anyway. Because anyway, his friend shows up in his living room and he's like, Polly went to yoga and then she came back seeming super weird. Right. I let her off the hook of <laughs> responsibility for like two hours. She came back a bitch and now I'm like, peace out. Got and a then, six pack of beer. Bitches, am like, I right? <laughs> and then he's like, what have you been doing all day? Oh, I don't know. Just fucking your wife. Right. Putting her in that weird mood. Must Good news. So. Polly's milk block or milk duct isn't blocked anymore. <laughs> Gross. Are we out. are we to gather that it was bad sex? Why? Because she can't. She went in a bad mood to go slap Larry. Larry sexed her up. You would think that the combination of guilt and the afterglow would make her pleasant when she got back, but instead it made her even worse. I'm thinking that maybe no. it was a disappointing experience. No, I don't. Because think again, so. Larry's a. Feminine. I think that she was bit. I think that she was bitchy because she came home. And she had to come home to that guy who's been gone for so long. And she's probably in a great mood. That's why she got laid. Uh, so and then she came home it. and she saw him and she's like, well, fuck. Mm. This is what I have to get stuck with. So she's probably a bitch. Probably knew him well enough that she knew it would drive him out of the house. So boom. Now she's glowing with her baby. Fuck y'all, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so next scene is Jimmy standing on the stage in the uh, chapel. Mm-hmm. And she's having an imaginary conversation with her husband about, I'm afraid to get in. The water's so cold. You always talk me into things. And she jumps in and, of course, <laughs> probably breaks her hip, breaks her arm. It's bad. And it, it's it's a tragic. You can it's looks like she just breaks her arm. I thought she would break both of her legs at first. Actually, I thought she was going to die. It's one of those things where you see a baby toddling towards the edge of someplace high. That's the sensation I got when she was having it. And they have this tight close up on her face. So you don't know. But you can just imagine something bad is going to happen, and then they zoom out to show her crumple on the floor, and it's 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 terrible. Ice water up my spine. Everything about her is so heartbreaking. V gets out of bed in the middle of the night, confronts Cindy, tells her you're like the grasshopper and the grasshopper and the ant story, and you're a loser. What's the grasshopper and the ant story? Uh, watch Disney's Bugs. It's pretty much all there. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I've seen that a million times. Uh, kind of. The grasshoppers are more of a violent gang than lazy, good for nothings, but kind of the same. Um, but this loser speech triggers this uh, memory of her going uh, back to her mom's house. It's past midnight. Her 
her sister's slash daughter is her clothes reeks of pot smoke. She's had she's been there all day with these people. You kind of think that that it's just a bad because Monica probably didn't have a good time, right? Or maybe oh, she did. Maybe no. that would be super fun for a ten year old to hang out with a bunch of stoners. No, I wouldn't I've think been so. That kid, have you? Yeah, I'm I so have. sorry. Yeah, it's awful. Right. But on the other hand, you really look up to this person. Exactly. And that's why it's the most awful situation. It's bad enough if you've got a a 10-year-old who's in a room while you're smoking pot and getting high with your friends and having a party or whatever. Yeah. It's different to have that child be your a family member, someone who respects you a lot. Especially when we see that Monica and her relationship, there's a lot of things that Monica really likes because Cindy's a lot of fun and she's, you know, very confident. And she gets and, these really awesome presents. Yeah, there's a lot of things. But, um, you know, after Monica leaves the room, uh, they have this really intense discussion about who's the better mom. And Cindy's like, I'm, why don't we just tell her? And she's like, don't you? I feel like that that's the King Solomon. Like if Cindy really cared... About her daughter, well, number one, we know that that's not true because she had her out till midnight smoking dope with a bunch of people. Right. Um, but the fact that she would lay that on her daughter as a way to fuck with her mom it just shows such a breathtaking lack of maturity. Oh, yeah. Which is the problem in these situations, right? Exactly. When, when I mean, babies it's... are having babies, bad shit happens. But... It shows that she was at some point mature enough to realize, and at the end of this conversation, that she was mature enough to realize that she couldn't raise that girl and that she can't drop that bomb on that little girl either because she's not prepared to take care of her. So there's a surprising amount of maturity in her immaturity. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was trying to wrestle with. Is it is it that or is it the fact that like, oh, God, this is too much work. I can't do this. I guess that's that's mature to realize that your limitations about yourself. It's I don't know. Because honest kids are a enough, lot of work, y'all. Honest enough. It's hard. Raising. Say how selfish you are. It's hard raising kids. Right. Um, or at all. We having have children. That's true. We have a scene of Caputo and Fisher. Uh, Fisher's kind of glumly listening to the prisoner's messages, and he tries to explain why he's tough on her and why it's good to have ambition, um, why it's good not to be a grasshopper loser. And he mentions Loose Check, who she was macking on hard in the last episode. And yeah. she said, well, he's nice, and he talks to me, and he's not a fucking douchebag that masturbates at work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> by the way... like the gay edge. Yeah, it's like I, I don't want to. I don't want to judge people to masturbate at work because a surprising amount of people masturbate at work. Oh yeah, I saw those emails. Yeah, I know who you are, you dirty birds. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of pissed because he tried to make this point, and it turns out that because again, Fisher's oblivious to the fact, God bless her, that Caputo's all about her. And, oh my god, she's such an idiot. Um, but she's smart enough to know... Like, common sense idiot. The Daya's mom is talking to her boyfriend about Daya being pregnant, and that is a big deal. <laughs> that is a big deal. That, that shoe does not drop in the rest of this episode. Kind of surprised. I kind of can't wait to see what goes on with that. Do we see Fisher again? I do not think so. You do not? Uh, anyway, they're, they're back at the journalism headquarters. Flaka and uh, Daya are going at it about Daya's choice of using Comic Sans. Just because you're making a comic doesn't mean you have to use Comic Sans. Indeed. We find out Caputo has a turtle. We find out you can use coffee as eyeshadow. 
Yeah, yeah, coffee creamer because it tastes nasty anyway. Might as well mm-hmm. use it on your eyes, your eyeballs. What how many rabbits they've tested that on? So many, so many rabbits. Um, it's Healy comes in. But those rabbits look fabulous. <laughs> it's it's only right that they suffer for their beauty. I yeah. mean, women do so. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Healy comes by. Hasn't heard anything about the furlough, but opines that that walrus is hilarious. <laughs> Healy. Is the worst and the best at the same time. I love Flocka. Have I told you how much she's my favorite character? Is she your favorite? Because there's so many that I like. I do she's like Flocka just a my lot. Favorite. Um, just the way that she perfectly is smart but plays dumb so convincingly. That's a really interesting thing that this show does, where they give characters that um, don't have traditional educations really smart opinions and tastes in pop culture and pop culture references. Are you talking about us again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that that's that's something I talked to Nina about that I feel kinship towards these people. Right. So I feel the same way. I was I I need to go to prison for a couple of years just so I can round out my. I just watch even more television and more movies. Please and do not do that. Do you think they let me podcast from a from a prison cell? No. Okay. Well, shit, <laughs> shit. New <You> plan. <laughs> I tell you what, though, got to keep recording these MP3s. Then <laughs> <laughs> you tell me what. You just done told me what. <laughs> <laughs> I already done told you twice. Um, uh, sure, there's plenty of rods you can talk directly into, though. What? It's a euphemism for having a lot of dicks in your Okay, face. okay. All right. Just, you know, want to make sure we're making the prison rape joke explicit. You knew. <laughs> You've known. Um, let's see here. Gloria are... has a nice new haircut. She does. She, she is a little sassy. Don't fuck she... with me haircut. She extends a yogurt branch to red. In exchange for a bow of cilantro. <laughs> it's like the, e- the the prison eagle has yogurt in one claw and <laughs> a clutch of cilantro. And he's and he's facing he's facing the, that, he's facing the yogurt in times of peace and he's facing cilantro <laughs> in times of war. Love it. <laughs> Cilantro is so good. I agree. She needs it. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I got the opinion that Red is going along the cilantro deal because, number one, it's a little effort for her. Number two, because of the yogurt. But number three, Lori gave her valuable information about this V situation. I agree. I believe that Red genuinely does. Which was the lighters, by the way. I believe that Red genuinely does not want the kitchen back now. I mean, she's got a much better, much easier deal. A much easier deal. So the, the fact only that, thing, the fact that Gloria is offering her things is nothing but a plus. She doesn't need that. I don't know because the thing, the prison had all the good things about getting all this illicit goods easily because she had that mob connection, mm-hmm. but also power. Starving a prisoner out is real. It's a real thing. That's she's got soft power. Oh, sure, I've seen the movie Hunger with Michael Fassbender. <laughs> And season one of Warren's New Black, starring Piper Chapman. I'm just saying oh that that God. that's she's a poster child for for prison suffering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what's that? Uh, Amnesty International needs really to take up Piper's cause. Yes. I'm just saying that I think that if Red could choose, she'd still want the kitchen back because it's more power. I don't know. You got the power of people's stomachs. That's a power. That's that's a superpower. That's power you can't buy. I guess so, but I don't think I don't know. It'd be interesting. I'd like to hear feedback on that. 
Do you think Red would rather have the kitchen, or would she rather have a greenhouse? I think the with ultimate the power girls? is ultimately corrupting. Now she's got she's a much this situation where she can offer people things that they want, anything they want, and she can ask for anything she wants. It seems to make her a ha- it, it seems, seems like it's making like, her a better person. Exactly, she's mellowing out in her age, and it's not all about power because she is one of the golden girls now. Now it's more about. Uh, being a businesswoman, which I think is what Red is best at. All right. Uh, Caputo pins up the first edition of the newsletter, and we freeze-framed and read it so you don't have to. His favorite books include... and read it. We freeze-framed and read the, oh, and read the, it. the newsletter. Oh, you're talking about read it again. Nope. Uh, so you don't have to. His favorite books include Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Catcher in the Rye, Hunger Games, Anything by Dan, Dan Brown, <laughs> and Who Moved My Cheese. How many I feel of those like this books is, have you read? I feel like this is, a, uh, strangely enough, every one of them. I've read at least one Dan Brown book, just so I could know it was terrible. Um, I've read Who Moved My Cheese because I was forced to at a, for a work thing. I've read Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy because I'm an old school fan. Catcher in a Ride in High School mm-hmm. and Hunger Games because of you. <laughs> you recommended it to me and I read it. Um, this is a, and so I'm saying, this is like a Sesame Street. One of these things doesn't belong here. This is a very eclectic group of books and i'm about to question why anyone would read all of them except for i just laid out a very (laughs) nice case about why i did so maybe he's maybe caputo is me which is going to cause me to drink about twice as much as my normal allotment tonight that's right you jerk it at work i just read all those books i've read it at all those books on reddit (laughs) you have seen the raging bull i have seen the raging bull it is one of my favorite movies (laughs) I I do not like my mom's ragu. You don't have a pet turtle, but you do have pet frogs. I do have pet. They're almost turtles. They're like de-shelled. They're de-boned. Soft-shelled turtles, if you will. And you kind of know how to play the guitar. Eh. Oh, my God. I'm dating Caputo. <laughs> I don't have a cockatiel We've named Lady who knows 11 alert. words. That's the other thing. His, his, uh, his quote is, a successful warrior is an average man with a laser-like focus by the late, great Bruce Lee. Uh, I'll be looking forward to freeze-framing other journals if we see them in the future, other prison newsletters. Uh, Flacca. Oh, we forgot about the Flacca column, which is disappointing because it's just a preamble. You didn't even get to read anything that Flacca said. It was a setup about a girl who's got having problems with her roommate. She's clipping her toenails. She's walking around naked. She's eating snacks. I feel like her roommate is Big Boo, though. Okay, can you read it? Says, Dear Flacca, I know we're in prison and everything, and we just have to get along, but I got to tell you my roommate is driving me crazy, all caps. She's clipping toenails in the bunk. She eats snacks. She chews loudly with her mouth open. She walks around naked like I'm not there. I'd start something, but I'm telling you she seriously has or outweighs me by 60 pounds. What am I supposed to do? Sign to the crowd. And then Flacca responds, I've had the, I've had experience with just this sort of situation continued on page two. Yeah. At which point, me and Cecily were like, "No," <laughs> but I feel yeah, like I, I feel like Big it's, that's Big fit. Boo's. Who's Big Boo's bunkmate? I don't know. I need to find out now. You know, So-so? I feel like this instant or this could be true for a lot of different people. I feel like that's just how women probably behave in prison. Mm. Clipping your toenails. Where else are you going to? But we know them? Big Boo's a snacker. We've seen her. They're all fucking snackers. That's true. You, you remember Aaron's yes. email? Yes, Aaron's. Yeah, Aaron. 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 Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Suzanne's playing chess with V. Uh, she's trying to get her to think ahead. 
and uh, played a long game, which is just a... I like to call it the long con. The long con, which is just a big, obvious metaphor for her dealings with Black Cindy. Boop, boop. Who shows up to take her medicine, which is going to be recycling tampons. That's disgusting. Well... Why would you do that? First of all, I thought well, it, it's just picking out the cardboard tubes out of the trash, which isn't as bad as when I f- first heard it. No. But... These women have stuck... A tampon tube inside of their bloody vagina, pulled it back out and put it in the trash. Oh. It's disgusting. Oh. They're empty tubes. Oh. Well. They've got blood and lady biz. They got crunk juice and blood on them. <laughs> crunk juice. Okay, that is pretty nasty. Yeah, it's disgusting. And there's no matter of How are people smoking of re- out of those then? I thought, no, the I, first, I thought that the... the first batch were brand new tampons. As V said. No, 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 yeah, no. She, and then no, she said no, that she now... said, where do you think the first batch came from? And so, and they they showed it to Suzanne's face as like that was Suzanne's job. Oh, gross. Because Suzanne would do that, no questions asked. She'd do anything for V. I feel like, I mean, I feel like part of the job is washing those out to be reused. Cardboard tubes? Yeah, you can't just put... A bloody tube, uh, put a cigarette inside of a bloody tube. I wouldn't think so And serve it up. You got to at least rinse it off or something. That would affect the taste of the tobacco, I would think. I mean, if they're all gay for this day, then I think it would enhance the flavor. (laughs) To take the the, uh, hand-rolled cigarette to Tuna Town is what you're saying? Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, Jimmy's being taken to the hospital. No! Spoiler alert. <laughs> she's being released. They're just going to throw this woman, take this, drive this woman to the fucking bus stop. Who's got a, she was barely functional anyway. Now she's got a busted up arm. It's compassionate release. She's screaming Roberta at, at Piper. That's why she was cutting her meat because they want to make that scene a little bit more poignant. Exactly. The picture this is awful. sold it hard. Real this is awful. And I wonder how much of a real thing, how much this happens that when people get old enough that they can't take care of themselves in prison, that the prison just releases them just to get them out of their hair. And this is, she's now going to be a homeless person that's probably going to die within a year. And it's really, I'm over, I know I've got, I've, I've wrapped myself up in my cynical, uh, uh, ironic armor, but this is really, really sad. I looked it up on um, Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem to be that extreme, at least on Wikipedia. Mm. Um, there's a lot Citation of... Citation needed. <laughs> uh, the other things they call it are medical release, medical parole, medical furlough, and humanitarian parole. And basically, what I've read is that when people get too old or too mentally incompetent like Jimmy or have terminal illnesses... That they release them. Mm. But oftentimes it seems like they're releasing, you know, back to their families or into a hospital. Yeah, they're not going to have insurance. Or into a hospice, somewhere where they can die. they don't have families. Yeah, like they're going to die anyway or they don't even know they're free, so it doesn't matter. Wow. Um, I tried to find an instance of someone getting dumped at a bus station, but it didn't seem like that happened or at least wasn't written about. But if you're released out of prison right to a nursing home, big fucking whoop. Right, exactly. Especially, I'm just saying I'm you're sure. not dying like freezing in the streets. <sighs> I heard freezing. Maybe you are. I don't know. It's Anyway, it's it's terribly depressing and sad. And uh, again, this is where I feel like this show started to go. I'm not saying the show's the wire. Don't get, you know, put down put down your pitch, your pitchforks and your, your, your uh, torches. But it is doing a lot of social commentary that I think is very interesting and I wish more Americans paid attention to because 
you're you're never going to lose an election by brutalizing criminals. I just think we all should really ask how many of these criminals, these quote unquote criminals in prison deserve. Does anyone deserve brutal, inhumane treatment? Number one, is that what the kind of America we want to live in? And two, if you think that, do you consider people that might have gotten... Are you any better than the person? Yeah, and like how many laws do you break? And is is smoking a joint or having a, a baggie full of weed on you uh, enough to get that kind of treatment? Or like Pipe, the real-life Piper... She carried money one time years ago, 10 years ago. It's and to, for a person that was in an abusive relationship, it scared her so bad. She never did it again. She fled across the country to get away from it. And then she got brought up on charges and put in prison. Someone who is a productive member of society gets thrown in prison for 18 months and is now a convicted felon. Is that justice? Is that what we're wanting to do with our with our criminal system? We can't even fucking kill prisoners humanely at this point. They're talking about bringing back the the firing squad. That's ridiculous. Because our lethal injection, humane lethal injection system is so fucked up. It's just, yeah, this is terrible. And we really need to spend more attention on it. There's a lot of things we need to give attention to in this country. But this is definitely one of those things that is just as important as our foreign policy and gay marriage and all the other things. They're also important. Right. I mean, they're all sort of uh, all encompassed in one big bag of awfulness. The prison system, the amount of bums on the streets, because you know how many of those bums on the streets are veterans? Yes. And... <sighs> oh, that's that. don't get me started on the way this country <laughs> glorifies their veterans. soldiers and then compl- lets when they die need... and lets them go homeless and lets their families suffer because these people can't even take care of themselves anymore. Yeah, it's a crime. It's criminal. If like, you served for our country. Yeah, you should definitely have your medical needs care. You should have the promises least, that we made to you. At the very least, you should be safe and clean. <laughs> the promises we made to you as an 18-year-old enlisting, we should stand by until you're dead. Yes. Okay, that's the least we, the we, least we can do. And, 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 you know, everyone posting shit on Memorial Day on Facebook, Fuck that's, <laughs> that's not what we need. We no. need to treat our veterans better. Yes. Anyway, this is getting to be – but uh, this is getting to be – a depressing segment. We should probably do some pimping and then consider some listener mail. If you like what we're doing here at Bald Move and you would <laughs> do you like... you like us now? Yeah. Are and, you not amused? And you would like to support some podcasters rather than, you know, the veterans of our foreign <laughs> wars that you can't get the proper medical care and the mental treatment to deal with their PTSDs and uh, all the other shit that they go through. You know what? Fuck it. Don't do any of that. Just, I don't know. Pick a political cause and be passionate and be engaged and demand more from our government. Fuck the pimping. Let's, you want to send feedback, orange at, orange at baldmove.com. Let's just get the feedback. <sighs> Julie from Chi-Town says, Hey, Aaron, I'm a long-term listener, long-time listener of your Mad Men Walking Dead and Game of Thrones podcast. I just want to write in and give you major kudos for the excellent work you've been doing the Orange is the New Cast podcast, not only is it refreshing to have some female perspective in the Bald Move podcast, and I don't know if you realize this, but you seem to really light up when you are engaged in conversation with women 
It's like I can see the smile on your face while you're recording, and it's super cute. Oh, my God. He's smiling while he's reading this right now. Because I think of all the snarky things I'm about to say. I also like, I feel like it opens up so many other areas of conversation that don't naturally occur when it's two men speaking about any given topic. I love Jim, and I think he's totally rad, and I'm no way suggesting that you fire him from your other podcasts. Fire him. I'm so glad Jim doesn't listen to him because the idea that this is something I'm running that I could fire him like he's an employee would send him on like a five minute rant oh and it would God. be a beautiful thing but to P. see. But Lani is listening and she's gonna tell. No, him. P. L- don't, don't, don't go there. Don't. She go there. will. This, this, she's Julie doesn't know of what she speaks. Um, and I think I think it'd be really beneficial for you to bring on some female guests to your other podcasts. Uh, there are so many interesting women's issues and other shows you cover that I feel it would really add a terrific layer to your already great content. Well, thank you. Um, number one, you're right. I, I, I talked to these women. I got a smile on my face with Jim. It's like gritted teeth and bald fists. And I just, you know, it bar- I can barely be civil to the man as I'm doing. So- and I think that comes across in our podcasts. <laughs> Uh, I don't like, know. It just I... the bitter resentment between the two of you. And it's kind of like watching a soap opera with twins and one of them has just come back to life it's just it's gripping and it's awful and <laughs> and who's gonna die i don't know i'm gonna tune in next week and find out it is true i do i do love women and i do feel like there's a different energy when you're talking and, and not like talking to women like uh that i have designs to sleep with but just talking to women you get a different energy than when it's just me and jim or me and some other dude uh talking and one of the reasons I did this podcast is because I am building these relationships, number one, to make our network stronger, to build more connections between, you know, the, the cause show girls and the up yours downstairs crew. But also I want to, when we have a woman's issue, to be able to call on people like Cecily and Kelly and Susan and Amy and Pilani and uh, Nina to weigh in. Anyway, thank you for the kudos and, uh, I just want to say that you're right on, and I want to keep keep on uh, building building these feminine relationships, these feminine ties in the podcast. Thanks, Julia. I know you weren't speaking to me specifically, but it's Julie, not Julie. Uh, I said Julie. Okay. Well, maybe you just said uh instead of um. <laughs> Oscar V said, "Just listen to Orange is the New Black or the new cast episode 206. You also have a pizza." I surprised with all the talk about the great titties on Pusey's German girlfriend that you didn't mention that, that we have seen them groped before, albeit covered in a fluffy pink robe in the debut of Rapey Pete in Mad Men Season 3, Episode 8, Souvenir, where she played the German au pair down the hall. Yes, that au pair had a nice one. Um, had a nice pair. <laughs> the au pair had a nice pair. She did. That's where I was going with that. It was a bald move singularity moment with two great shows coming together. Um, let's see. I forgot to, this woman's name is Nina Rausch. And, uh, you can check her on IMDb to see what else she's been in. Cause she's been in a bunch of different stuff, but yeah, spectacular. And I had no idea that she was the au pair. <sighs> Diddy J said, I enjoy the orange and new black podcast. And guess you have, especially Nina and Pilani. Shots fired across your bow, bow, Cecily. You are not among the favorite. How's that make you feel? Because I'm white. That's racist, <laughs> and I won't stand for it. I you know, I get so tired <laughs> of the Asian and Hispanic and Black women taking Just podcasting jobs us. away from the hardworking white woman. It's happened for too much, I say. 
We need to get some affirmative action up here in this bald move to get the white women some more fucking podcasts. Uh, during this so episode, a woman who stole another woman's spot to be. <laughs> but she was white. It was a lateral move. To be fair, it was a lateral move. All right. We're all assistant editors here. Um, during this episode, you asked why Piper was offended by Larry writing to expose the shoddy prison conditions and impossible embezzlement. I didn't pay much attention to Piper and Larry because their privilege and self-centeredness pissed me off, but I think Piper felt that Larry was trying to capitalize on her situation, literally make a name for himself off her pain. That's just gross, and I was offended myself, even though I hate Piper. I love Poussey and Tasty, and I hate V for pushing them apart. None of these men are good, and not even Bennett. They all use women to make themselves feel more powerful. There's a lot to unpack in this email. Yeah. Number one, I think it's interesting that they're taking women that we might consider awful and villainous, and they're sympathizing them by showing them their backstories. You know, we got drug dealers, and we got people stealing money from the government, and we got people abusing their positions of power, but then we're showing the other side. I wonder if they're not doing the same thing... With guys like Healy and well, a bit it they seem like they're villainizing him, but guys like Healy and Caputo, where yes, they're they are a villain. They're awful and they are villainous, but they also are trying. You know, so basically, they're human. They're human. It's like I, I forget. We all the f- do some awful shit. Just these people got caught doing it. <laughs> Even the guards, as viewers, sure, they, they've been caught. Look doing at how we feel about Bennett season one versus how we're feeling Look about how many it now. people wrote in and told us they masturbate at work, <laughs> including both of our hosts. We've confessed now. Um, no, I think it's I think it's super interesting that they're doing that, sim- somewhat successfully. And you're right. There's nobody that's it's all good true. or all bad. Every just like once real in a while, I catch myself feeling sympathetic for Healy or Caputo. Right. And then I have to reevaluate what it is I really believe in. And you know what? Jinji Cohen has done a great job of doing that. Can't wait to see her ruin it in the next few seasons. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you what never f- watched Weeds, did you? I didn't. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I've seen it attributed to a bunch of different people. But there's one philosopher who said, be kind to everyone you meet. For we're all fighting a great struggle. I think I yelled that at a window at somebody once. <laughs> I think, and I think that's so true that it's very hard to be judgy or angry about anybody because we're all dealing with our own shit, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I think you're right on, and I think that that's a good take on Larry and Piper's relationship. Reminds- I think they're both bad people, but they're also both kind of good people. I don't know. That reminds me. That kind of reminds me of that ring theory that I presented to you yesterday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That when you're at the center, whoever's at the center of the trauma gets to... Exactly. And all the people closest, they, you know, they work their way outwards in rings that go further and further away. When you're at the very center of that trauma, you can say whatever you want. You can curse God or just be an awful human. How does this apply to the situation? Well, if you're at the center of the trauma, say Healy feeling what he feels about his wife hating him uh-huh. then he's at this sh- this trauma and he gets the well i guess he didn't get to i guess that's kind of where that theory breaks down where he takes it out on all the female prisoners at the prison right who are also in the center of their traumas. their own traumas that's the so problem when like you got interlapping of, centers of exactly trauma. it's a bunch of venn diagrams and it's super interesting to watch them all overlap so you're just evaluating how you i don't know yeah i think about everything Never thought about that. Because that's the thing. Being a correctional officer is a really shitty job. 
that yes. is degrading and dehumanizing in the American prison system and in its own way. You're doing a service that needs to be done. That, that especially since we have so many fucking prisoners. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, and, and so many of them are corrupt. It seems after reading real stories. NLW says, I've been catching up on the cast and I recently caught your discussion on the title sequence. I wasn't aware that there was hate going on for it. Yes, a lot of hate for that and the song itself. I think it's an absolute perfect intro to the show. Each of these extreme close-ups invites you to fill in the rest of the face, the rest of the person, the rest of the story. It's our nature to extrapolate and to make assumptions based on the information we're given, but those assumptions are fallible. We start the show knowing one thing about most of these characters. They're criminals. We learn their race, their age, maybe their regional accent, and we start assuming more and more. But with every episode, we are shown more truth, and our assumptions and judgments are forced to be reevaluated. In the end, that is the other function of the extreme close-ups, to show that all of us are simply people. All of us have eyes, have lips, have beauty and imperfection, good and bad. All of us are a collection of parts and experiences, but each of us is more than a sum of those. A complete person is more... Then a set of assumptions and judgments. She is a past and a future and more that can be seen in a glance. That can be seen in a glance. A prison sentence says only as much as one isolated facial feature, and that's what the show is about. You know what? We could have read that as a response to the previous email instead of all of our bullshit, and it would probably be... I agree. I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't we just talk about this? Yeah. But it was, weird. It was very well put. In fact, I might have to cut out all of our bullshit just to, no. just to give... Just to give Anne no. L.W. the love she deserves. Let's just absolutely drench the people in guilt today. <laughs> Ali D. said, hey, just started reading Orange is the New Black, the book, the memoir written by the real Piper in which the show is based. I agree with you and find the show Piper extremely annoying, but thought I'd give the book a try just to see how the timeline plays out in comparison to the show. And if any of the show characters are based on book characters, which she attributes to Game of Thrones withdrawal. <laughs> So far, I'm only about 15% into the book. I don't blame you. I just read The Leftovers. Uh, right. So far, I'm only about 15% into the book. She's just getting into prison, and I found Book Piper to be even more obnoxious than Show Piper. <laughs> she decri- describes her post-college self as having a quote-unquote thirst for bohemian counterculture. Oh, barf. And uses the longing for quote-unquote adventure as her excuse to becoming involved in a drug smuggling ring. The things she complains about are so trivial. For instance, none of her friends believe her when she tells them about her predicament. It just makes me dislike her more. And don't even get me started on her and Larry. Shudder. I thought about stopping the book. Just for reference, the last book I stopped reading was Twilight. But the Morello character just appeared, and yes, she was driving a van, so I'm going to give it another shot. Did you read the article from The Real Larry? I was about to mention that to you. Uh, I tried to pull it up on my lunch break. It wouldn't come up on my phone. I get terrible reception in the garage. Tell me about it. Okay, so here's the thing. When it comes to bohemian cult counterculture shit, he is the worst. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so much self-indulgent bullshit about... Worse than Piper? It's it's equally bad. They kind of deserve so each other. Yeah. But the thing is, is he was incredibly supportive of her in prison, and she was incredibly faithful and supportive of him. And the that part of the story where they got past their young douchebag, uh, free trade coffee, uh, woofing, w- woofing ways is very compelling and interesting. In a way that Piper and Larry's relationship on screen is not. And I'm That's wondering. That's probably why they made them split up. 
I'm, but but why? Because to me, having Piper and Larry be a stable center for the show kind of to revolve around would be much better than to have this lesbian love triangle and, and Larry being this ineffective I dick. So. And... I think that it devolves in the proper way. I mean, if it hadn't have fallen apart last year, then we they would still be the nucleus of this thing, and we would get even less time with all of our real favorite characters here. Right. Anyway, even though I really the first half of the article, Larry, the real life Larry, made me kind of hate him. By the end, I thought it was kind of a sweet story, and I will link so maybe that. Maybe she should finish the book, and maybe she'll end up liking Piper. I doubt it. But, you just said you ended up respecting Larry. Well, but that's the, a lot of this came post because they talked about their experience of selling Jinji and how they felt about how because this is their life, right? And, and they're until still married this, to this day. And here's the thing. Up until I read this interview, I assumed that there wasn't that much liberty taken with the story. Oh. I didn't know that they were still together. I was shocked to read that they were still married. And I'm wondering if they're going to try to bring this around that once she gets out of prison, they will get back together. Or this, there, there's more. I mean, obviously, this guy's not going anywhere, mm-hmm. um, to my chagrin. But anyway, um, I'm going to link the article that he wrote. By himself, because he's a journalist, by the way. You've got a lot of articles to link. I do. I do have a lot of articles to link. But I'm going to put that in the show notes for this Is it a bunch of story. New Yorkers to be writers, too? <laughs> Are they just neurotic writers? We're moving on. I can't the let you journal. antagonize. I can't and let you antagonize blog. New Yorkers again. I, they, this is, I do, do not subscribe to her newsletter on this. <laughs> ben R. said, I thought of a good question for Aaron and all the other Piper haters. Watching this episode made me wonder, what would a better character or say yourself... Do in her shoes. What would an empathetic and compassionate person with a neurotic jerk like Larry and how, what would they do and how would they better navigate prison politics as a privileged white woman? Just some food for thought. I thought I gave a pretty good answer on Facebook to Ben. Did you? I didn't read it. um, I basically said my thing with Piper is she cannot not articulate a thought as soon as it enters her head. Oh, yeah. I would have not. I would have I would have kept my head down and shut up and listened before I spoke. I would not have pipe pop. Uh, I would have not gotten to a hunger strike with a crazy Russian woman. I would have not had to beat to death a toothless wonder from uh, Pensatucky because I had to get in a bunch of bullshit with her. Um, I would have kept my head down, done my time, not owed anyone any favors, not got interjected myself in every uh, prison conflict. Aaron as a white woman going to prison would be a, probably a very boring story. What would you do? You just beat up everybody. You'd be like Red Sonia. No, all I was going to say was that Piper, going into that situation, did the best she could. Think about how she felt. No, she could have shut the fuck up. No, think about how she felt starting college. She probably felt the exact same experience as a bunch of strange it, people from all different backgrounds. And let's just talk about how much the food sucks. That's exactly how she started college. But this isn't fucking college. No, but I'm saying that Piper is relating the way that Piper can. As the waspy woman she is. And I feel she like the learned, waspy woman she was she would have learned, researched prison and, no, and game she learned it better. really fast. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't think a lot of my Piper hates purely rational. But anyway... Uh, Emma G said, one of your guests, i sorry, I forget who, described Piper as someone who had no personality of her own and who adopted whatever persona suited the present company. I am Piper. It was a depressing moment. And dovetailing off that, D, uh, our old friend D. Yes. 
Uh, I see more of myself in Piper than I would like. I am white and middle class and in what we call Australia, a Chardonnay socialist with very black and white opinions that I'm totally convinced of that I'm 100% right. I'm the sort of person who would be the first one thrown out of the Big Brother house, so I don't even want to imagine what I'd be like in prison. I just want to tell y'all, and I think Pilani jumped into a thread to say this, everyone does this. Everyone at some point in life is a social chameleon and sells out themselves to fit into a group. Everyone's a hypocrite. Everyone's shit stinks. Everyone masturbates at work. We're all in this together. Don't be too hard on yourself. Like <laughs> like that it's always nice to look at people and feel superior and fun, but really we're all awful in our different ways. We're all brilliant in our different ways and we should all learn to love that stuff about each other and ourselves. Mhm. Is that enough kumbaya bullshit for you? I've had way too much of you tonight. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to give us further feedback, you can do so at orange at baldmove.com. You can participate in our podcast threads on facebook.com slash baldmove. And you can keep up with our releases the moment they happen on Twitter at baldmove. Until next time. <laughs> until next time, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Cecily. Good night.